Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Welcome back for another episode. I am with Dan John, part two. If you don't know anything about Dan John, then I don't know if you've been in the fitness industry. He is a legend in the industry. So many books, too numerous to mention, but we did talk about him on the first episode. He's an all-American discus thrower, senior lecturer at St. Mary's. Uh, amazing human being. And today I am calling this legacy part two because Dan John is leaving one heck of a legacy. So Dan, welcome to the show. That's welcome. Good to see you again. It feels like just days since I saw you. I know. It was such an honor to be there at Perform Better with you and uh, just so many years that, you know, aspiring to uh, just sit up there with you. It was great on the speaker panel. Somebody handed you your book translated in Portuguese. And I was like, what? Come on. Yeah, that's the 14th, the 14th language. Yeah. So 14th language. Your book has been translated into 14 languages. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to get right to the point. You know, we started to touch on legacy uh, in our last episode. And I think that with all the information that you've shared over the years with your various books and various teachings and workshops, that it would be really great for our listeners to know and the other fitness enthusiasts that respect you so much to just know. If you wanted to kind of simplify your legacy and the impact that you're really hoping to make on coaches everywhere, <laughs> don't, don't say that I ask easy questions, right? <laughs> you know, but like, you know, when you look back and you say, you know, I, I really hope I made a difference in the fitness industry with these coaches. And, you know, this is what I really hope that they got. This is what I hope that they got. Is there like a, big five is there like a top three is there you know I mean, yeah i mean it's it's gonna be one of those things where it kind of depends on where you want to shunt this but let's let's just bounce real quick i mean uh, let's maybe, let me break it down into subtopics and it'll go fast but really i'm still more interested in your health and your longevity than the other things so uh quality sleep drink your water floss your teeth uh, wear your seatbelt, wear helmets when appropriate, learn how to swim, ride a bike, you know, all those things you should have taken care of in your youth. See the dentist three times a year, go to an annual physical checkup, donate blood if you're a man. You know, in the health and longevity side, do about 100 minutes. That's not very much a week of exercise. That's the bare minimum. You know, keep your weight under 300. I mean, None of the areas in health are are that sexy and 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 longevity are that sexy. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all stuff you probably at some don't smoke <laughs> stuff you probably knew by age five. I mean, and I mean that you probably knew it by age five. And sometimes the problem is, and you know this, Travis, is that when when we do give a prescription that is so obvious, it it leaves something to be uh, appreciated. When we slide over into the areas of uh, fitness performance, uh, even body composition, I mean, what I would like people to know, well, (laughs) 
the first thing is there's very little new under the sun. I mean, there's mm-hmm. none. Uh, if you look at a good training program, a buddy of mine, as we speak, literally as we speak, Alistair Gunn is uh, in the archives in Melbourne, Australia, looking at letters between George Hackenschmidt and Percy Sarity. So much of my in much of my knowledge is based on Hackenschmidt and Sarity. Well, he's got their, he's looking at their, as we speak on this time right now, he's in the archive, he's got the box open, it's box number 24, and he's looking at the letters as we speak. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I look back on what those two did, and I'm like, everything they did is just as good as anything I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. You know, easy strength is basically based on what Percy came up with for his marathoners. Mm-hmm. And if it works for marathoners and it works for throwers, it's going to probably work for everybody else too. Uh, Hackenschmidt came up with the ideas of an extensive training and intensive, extensive, we would probably summarize as bodybuilding or Jane Fonda e kind of things. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of reps. Uh, get the burn, get sweaty. Intensive is when you, yeah, you put a load on the bar that makes it a little queasy in your stomach and you, you pop it over your head. And when someone says, Oh, you only did that for one. You give them a dirty look that should survive the rest of their life. Uh, so when it comes to my world, uh, there's an article I read when I was in high school uh, by Dave Davis. It's in the March and April track technique where he talked to all the great shot putters and basically they combined the power lifts and the Olympic lifts. Well, that's, that's what I did. Now, later on, I added the loaded carries, but if you're trying to figure out a way to get power lifts, Olympic lifts and loaded carries to, to be done in a workout, well, you have to cut back on the sets and reps and boom, there you go. There's easy strength. So one of the things I'm trying to get people to realize is that good, intelligent training and programming is this is, has been around since Milo of Crota. Now what's interesting about Milo is or Milo, depending on where you live, uh, the guy who picked up the bowl, right? And by the way, he didn't just pick up the bull. So here's the mistake people make. He picked up the bull and he carried it. Mm-hmm. Well, he was doing loaded carries. Yeah, he was just doing a lot. Yeah. Okay. His, his father-in-law was Pythagoras, who gave us A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Mm-hmm. Pythagoras, not always a mathematician, but he was also a coach. And he was also a philosopher. And I when I tell people, oh, and here's a book I'm rereading for the people who are just listening. Aesop's Fables. I'm rereading Aesop's Fables because every so often I'll stop and realize that everything I'm trying to teach is brand new since Aesop said it. Mm. You know, uh, so the, the the best thing I could say is throw your arms lovingly around the basics, the fundamentals, and trust them. And it's not sexy, and it doesn't shoot you right to the top. And uh, when it comes to business, uh, there are there are economic truths about running a successful business that have been true for centuries. Uh, when it comes to relationship, there are truths that uh, have been around for millennia that are still true. Um, and the thing is, we have to, especially in the, in the rapid age of the internet, and please don't think I'm against it. I don't. But you can read so much nonsense in a single day that you your brain gets putrefied by the, the by the nonsense. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite quotes ever is from the track and field omni book and mm -hmm. in there i won't tell you the names in schools but it's funny the one coach said to the other coach at a clinic he said it's fine that you write about this stuff but my athletes can read <laughs> real good real good <laughs> yeah i just love that line and you know, some idiot on Instagram, as I'm speaking, is talking about their secret sauce system of, you know, becoming a great long jumper. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fashion model slash long jumper slash, you know, Spartan racer slash, you know, ski doer slash, you know, mar mixed, everyone's a mixed martial artist. And I swear 99% of the questions I get are from people who are mixed martial artists. Yeah, right. now, you roll around the mat one day a week doesn't make you an artist okay right, right, right. Uh, you know i mean i literally am travis an award-winning poet this is true i i actually have I've, I've entered several poetry contests and done very well but i would never put myself up there you know as uh when uh dylan thomas said to me one time danny i wish i could be as good never you know so yeah. the, the the biggest thing i would emphasize is there are some foundational basics. And if you can wrap your arms around, you know, eat protein, eat vegetables, drink water, sleep soundly. If you can wrap your head around those simple things and repeat them ad nauseum, you're going to be great. Uh, that's really good. You know, I, I do have a couple of questions based on everything you said. You started off with, you know, the healthy habits of, you know, flossing and wearing your seatbelt and wearing a helmet and, and this and that. Um, you mentioned something that um, hits close to home. I don't know if I've ever shared it with the audience, but uh, a couple of years ago, I had a life-threatening uh, blood disease. You know, I was diagnosed with one, and uh, for four and a half months, I had to go once a week and give a pint of blood. Uh, that's phlebotomy was how they got it under control. But you said, if you're a male, give blood. Uh, can uh, I, I don't I don't know that I didn't know why you said that, but I mean, it, oh, wasn't that interesting? Yeah, actually, it's funny how people always hear through the lens of their experience. Well, sure. I can, I can stand up at a workshop and make fun of Italians, Jews, Irish, Portuguese. Uh, but if you're Polish and I say Polish, that's the one that offends you. You know what I'm saying? Right, I sure. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I no. can make fun of bodybuilders all day long at a strength forum, but the bodybuilders in there take it offensively. I, like I make the jokes about powerlifters all the time. I'll ask the audience, are there any powerlifters? And Travis, raise your hand and say, raise your hand. Okay. Are there any powerlifters here? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll speak slower. <laughs> and of course, everyone gets a big laugh out of it. We move on. It is interesting how people hear that. Because So basically, uh, I mean, thing, being men of science, right? We got our reticular activating system going. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, going, exactly. It's like that's that. literally what it is. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, like a see, car, you know, that you thought was uh, so unique. And then you buy it and you're like, oh, I see this thing everywhere. Well, you know, you're just more aware. But yeah, I just actually, I just gave a, a pint of blood an hour ago, right? Okay. Like an hour ago, you know? So. so there's a thing called hematocrit. And uh, hematocrit tradition, I mean, for most of human existence, we were pretty much filled with little critters that were taking, going after our blood iron. So we figured out ways of hiding our blood iron. Now, the problem is we're still fighting this war against the parasites and the other guys that are trying to suck and get to our iron supply. 
So our, our body is very good at hiding and holding on to iron, and that is great. Except when you get up to certain levels, it actually starts to work against you. Uh, the EADS, E-A-D-E-S, once said it is uh, that the iron in your blood is actually turned into rust, uh, which I think is interesting. My old track coach, Coach Mon, used to say adrenaline turns most athletes' iron in their blood into lead, which I always thought was funny. Um Women have a natural system for releasing uh, high blood blood amounts, uh, menses. And what happened, this is one of those things, just like how flossing is so good for your heart health. Yeah. This is one of those things that a weird set of numbers showed up. Why all of a sudden in the, in, in the mid-60s, late 50s, mid-60s-ish, do women's heart attack numbers suddenly just go from never get them to right up there with men. And one of the things someone looked at, it said it was, well, it's hematocrit levels. And so now listen, if you're a long distance cyclist, you're probably taking an illegal drug that increases your blood iron. And that's great, except when blood iron goes up too high, uh, it can seem to open the door to some heart issues and others argue even cancer issues. So by donating blood, you naturally, and by the way, not only is it good for you, it's good. You know, I help seven people five times a year that I've never met. That's right. 35, you know, units of karma that I got that I didn't know I had. So, mm -hmm. and so for, for heart attack prevention, if this is fascinating now, not everyone agrees with this, but my doctor loves this floss and donate blood. Mm. Floss. Wow. Because remember, if you have a small little infection in your mouth, every time your heart beats, that infection goes through your entire system, through the uh, cardiovascular system, right? So every time my heart does this, that infection spreads throughout my whole body. Wow. So, and this can be, the, and what they noticed is, is that at the old folks' homes, people's blood profiles improved after they lost that last crappy tooth. When Grandma Gummy actually started feeling better when she lost the last tooth. Now everyone said, "Well, because the infection is gone," and then others said, "Well, it could be." Yeah, that's true. But all those years of having those minor infections is, you know, you're pumping around. In fact, I don't know if you've ever had like a cuticle infection, something very. I almost bought the farm one time with a cardboard cut right in there. Really? I had yeah, I had red lines going up my arm. Wow, that bad. Just a yeah. cardboard cut. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Cardboard, I guess, is the worst possible thing. It's it's you might as well get bit by a shark. Uh for I guess cardboard is filthy. I guess that's what I found. I'm an expert now in cardboard cuts. <laughs> Add that to your repertoire right there. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a little infection, yeah. pardon me, every time your heart beats, you have a major infection. It goes all the way around. And then to to on the other hand, uh having uh having the, the the blood donations, you know, as often as you can, I go five times a year. I used to do the double reds, but I was getting dangerously low. And my doctor actually thought I had internal bleeding and uh, because my hematocrit levels were so low and we have these conversations all the time, but uh, for an adult male to have low, low, low hematocrit levels, isn't that big a deal because, because of even I'm 65, but um, even at my age, the testosterone that I have in my system will, will build that iron way up. 
another reason why TRT is such a testosterone replacement therapy is such a questionable thing. Uh, I, I, there's not many guys like me left who who don't think it's a good idea, but I am going to be, the, I worry about what it does to hearts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might look good on the beach with your new 22 year old girlfriend, but you're also gambling with not ever seeing your grand grandchildren. So, you know, so. Really good. Really good. So when it comes to heart health, flossing and blood donations for male are excellent choices. Really good. Uh, so the fundamentals you were talking about, you're talking yeah. about, you know, just embracing the fundamentals, you know, fall in love with stuff that's not sexy. Uh, if, if you have a able human being, then there's foundational exercises that should be included yeah. in any program, right? Well, you know, I summarize things with the, the five, okay? Push, pull, hinge, squat, loaded, carry. But like, for example, if you were to do overhead press variation, uh, a pull or a row, a, a squat variation, a deadlift, a swing, an Olympic lift, and suitcase carries three days a week, you're, you're doing great and finish off every workout with a walk. And then the other days of the week, find areas, your body that black need some mobility work and rework the mo uh, mobility to the gentle listener. That's the free movement of a joint. Mm -hmm. Okay. And mobility is far more important than flexibility. Flexibility tends to be a neurological trick. Flexibility could also be caused by, uh, other issues like for example you know if you ever if you if you've ever been extremely ill you'll probably notice you get very bound up mm -hmm. uh, you know when you have like if you ever come into a room when someone's either hung over or had a terrible case of the flu like on the bathroom floor or something you'll notice that they're in the fetal position right you know so but that's not i mean that and if you have them stand up when they have the stomach flu going from here to hear now two weeks later, it all comes back. So flexibility tends to come and go with, you know, um, life and it doesn't extreme flexibility doesn't seem to hold very long, but mobility is the one we want to look at. And I'm showing my thumbs here mm -hmm. because mobile thumbs are very important. Uh, yeah. mobile fingers, mobile wrists, uh, elbows don't need a ton of mobility, but it'd be nice to have them straighten them out every day. And, Shoulders, of course, like hips, have bizarre mobility discussions. Uh, we actually mobilize our toes in our gyms uh, with what we call vents. Wow. Uh, because, yeah, because we think that toe mobility leads to foot mobility, which leads to appropriate ankle issues. If the ankles are good, the knees tend to be pretty good. If the knees are good, you know, you... Everything, you, yeah, 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 sure. Everything yeah. sends up the chain. Um, yeah. You know... On our last podcast, we started to touch on this. And so since you just gave the foundational five, um, I just wanted to give our listeners the opportunity to better hear about progression, or actually, I shouldn't say progression, I should say load according to movement. Because quite often we think of load as I'm going to load the bar or I'm going to increase the number of sets and you know reps and things such as that, right? Um, but you were taught, you were saying how you're about to go and teach on um, increasing load based on movement. Uh, can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So I, I, my life is dictated by three words, progressive resistance exercise. Okay. Invented by Tom DeLorme. And 
the mistake people make when we say the word progressive is that they hear load. And, you know, I mean, seriously, you know, Travis, that, that's good. That is true. That is absolutely true. But if I can lift, if I have my Sears 110-pound barbell set and I can deadlift it on day one for one, six months later, I can deadlift it for 25, I have progressed by reps. Mm -hmm. And if I do two sets of five for a couple of months and then literally go 50% more going to three sets of five. Oh my God, who would ever do that? Right. <laughs> uh, I've, I've progressed. I'm still using the same exercise. I'm still using the same load, but in both increasing sets and increasing reps, I have progressed. Okay. That's the simple one. Then the other simple one is <clears throat> then go out and buy a more expensive bar that I can load more plates on. And then we're going to find ourselves back in that situation. The same exercise, we're going to move up in reps, we're going to move up in sets, we're going to move up in load. And that's great too. That's where most people's brains stop. Well, I think there's a lot more to it. Now, I mean, I have a whole movement matrix where we go from planks all the way over to the Olympic lifts. And by the way, gentle listener, there's no good or bad good or evil here, all lifts are fine. There is no, you're not a bad person if you can't Olympic lift, okay? Even though that's what I do and I'm a good person. No. <laughs> and I'm better than you. Right. Uh, so another way to progress is by, well, you can, you can change equipment and all, okay, there's a whole bunch of other ways, but a way that is most ignored is what I call level changes, okay? Um, when we're doing kettlebells and you're doing a standing press, you're in a very good position when you're standing up. It's a very powerful position to press overhead. Now, if I get you down on the ground, we call it half kneeling, one knee on the ground, and you press, uh, basically like the hip flexor stretch position, you'll notice instantly the pelvic bowl is going to struggle to stay underneath the rib cage. And that's great because it's going to, it's going to demand some flexibility, some mobility, some compensation, some balance work because, you know, and even though that weight was light in a standing press, it might be heavy in a half kneeling press. But wait a second, I'm still doing this little straight up and down movement with my, with my press. It's the exact same weight, but it's harder because we've changed levels. Now, if that's too hard, we might lay on our back and do from the floor a floor press. And you'll notice almost instantly that that weight suddenly became very light, mm -hmm. even lighter than when you were standing, okay? If I decide to take two bells and go walking and press on every step, gait, you know, what we, the, we would call these the well, seesaw press walks or whatever you want, I mean, um, alternate, pressing gate walk someone told me and i was like how why have you so many words in there uh, <laughs> yeah can you imagine being a coach presenting that okay today yeah. we're doing over here alternate pressing gate walk you know uh, with the kettlebell you know <laughs> so what you can do is simply by changing levels you can change your progression and um i have a little exercise that's very popular on my youtube and on my instagram account where I do something I call the Turkish get down press, where we stop at every position and add one press. And I always tell people, go far lighter than you think. 
because when you're in that half kneeling position, you have to press like that. It's really hard. I mean, it's hard. Well, when you're doing the Turkish get down press, you're pressing one time in eight different positions. So you get a sense, you know, one belt. Now, the other thing too, is when you get to that really strong position on the floor press, when you're laying on your back and pressing, you've just done seven hard reps. And now miraculously, we've taken that light bell and turned into a, if you're following my point, it, yeah. into a relatively heavier bell without changing bell sizes. Uh, I do this with everything, with poles, hinges, squats, loaded carries. I think about this a lot. Uh, when we talk about exercise selection, uh, I try to push people from the most simple. The most simple is generally uh, isometric or a plank, you know, no movement. And then we move into those more standard bodybuilding, the stuff most people would see. Then we move into the uh, anti-rotation, the single arm or single arm stuff. It's interesting because I think of hill sprints and stadium stunts as anti-rotation work. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the works, you know, I, I, I spend, you know, with my athletes, I have them run. I You take two PVC pipes and hold them in the middle when you run stairs or hills. So there's instant feedback if you're staying symmetrical. Oh, wow. Because okay. if you lose symmetry, you're going to hit yourself in the face with one of the sticks. And, <laughs> and like I always say, even, the, feedback. <laughs> even the stupid kids figure it out after three times, you know. Uh, and by the way, gentle listener, don't get on me for calling my athletes stupid. When you work with enough athletes, you will you will say, oh, okay. I see what he means now. Okay. I understand. Uh, I understand. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. Um, you know, obviously, when you indicate doing that for other exercises, you know, you're talking about uh, different foot positions for the squat, um, you know, for the hinge. Can you give an example of like how you would do that uh, for the hinge? So basically, I break it down. So I'm going to give you a little let me give you some depth and then we'll go. So I break it down into three basic ideas. Earth. And this comes from a, one of Martha Graham's instructors who I took a course from. Earth is on your back prone position, that's laying on your belly, six points, that's hands, knees, and feet on the ground, bare position, which is hands and feet on the ground and your knees just above, so bare crawls, half kneeling, that's one knee down. The human positions are in the air, hanging, brachiating, and then the stay tall or sky or squats, hinge, uh, walking, gait, and carries. Nothing new about this has been around a long time. So you asked about hinges. So if we put you on your back, you can do glute bridges or hip thrusts. Right. Uh, in the prone position, um, you might not agree with this, but if you do that in the in the kettlebell world, it's called the pump, but the yoga people call it the cobra downward dog. Or, sure, or the pike or, yeah. The pike, sure. yeah, you know that. Yeah. Uh, in the air, so air, uh, you could do appropriate jumping. You could do appropriate bounding or skipping. Those are hinge movements. Um, the Olympic lifts would be a squatty, a hinge into a squat. Um, kettlebell swings and snatches would be, uh, and deadlifts would be the more standard, you'd think. Um, back to hill sprints and some other stuff. And then like I told you guys at the conference, for drags, if you have your hands holding on to the sled where your zipper is, you walk forward two steps and then you straighten up and bring the sled two steps, straighten up, two steps, straighten up. It's a marvelous way to teach the hinge 
and uh, develop work capacity. So it's a, it's a little different, but there's some real value to it. Very good, very good. Now I wanted to take I wanted to make sure this episode, since we're calling it Legacy Part Two, I wanted to take it to a place that I'm not uh, sure how often you go. It hasn't been shared in your presentations very much, at least the ones I've been able to listen to, and it has to do with your your inspiration and your learning uh, from your religious studies. I'm really curious about that aspect of your life because this is a mind, body, spirit type of episode. You know, we've had people of all yeah. on here. And uh, I was just wondering if there if there was a legacy aspect to that they'd like to share. Well, <laughs> it's interesting because uh, Aristotle had that sign on his academy that said, uh, if you don't understand geometry, don't come in. So geometry is the basis of philosophy, and theology is the queen of sciences, as we used to call it. Uh, but geometry, philosophy, and theology are all very close. Now, I can't say that every religious tradition does this, so I have to be careful here. But, you know, back to Pythagoras. Jeez, back to, that didn't take long to get back to Pythagoras, but... If you do uh, geometric proofs, you know, if you remember them from high school, you have your givens. And from your givens, there are the to proofs. And one of the things that you'll notice in my work is I spend more time with people's givens. For example, if you go to the workout generator, I think the first question is, what equipment do you have? Because mm -hmm. that's, that's your given. You know, uh, it's the old joke about a uh, you know, a bunch of people on a deserted island, and one of the people I can't remember what job they had. That you know, Im, you know, you know. Imagine if we had a can opener and a lot of canned food. Well, that's great, but you don't. So, <laughs> so you know, you what do you have? Uh, so, and then from there, the proof is what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go? And you have to have those logical leaps. So, one of the things theology and religious studies have done for me is it's and it's just very deep into, into the way I work, to the point that I don't even notice how normal it is for me. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, it's, it could be like the black swan thing of, you know, Nassim Taleb. You know, you work, you've been, you've been monitoring swans for a thousand, you know, you've seen, a, you've been working 50 years looking at swans, and they're all white. The day you retire, you're driving home, you see a black swan. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to make your eyes, you know, that'll make you notice things. Personally, I live in the way my brain works. I live in a white swan world. I Everything I start with is givens. What do you got? Some of my givens are genetics and geography. You know, if you're from Canada and you're a fast twitch monster, you're probably playing hockey. We'll move on. You know, that's, you know. If you're from, I don't know, Bulgaria and other parts of the world, and you're a fast twitch monster, you're an Olympic lifter. You know, it just, mm -hmm. it, you can't be surprised that a, a, a nation like Jamaica, where the national sport is sprinting, has a lot of good sprinters. Right. Because at track, the track beats stop for the sprints. Mm -hmm. And in, uh, in Finland, the national sport is the kihos, the javelin. Mm -hmm. And Finland, with a, shockingly smallish population really does dominate still the, the, the rankings, especially with the older javel. Mm -hmm. So we, 
we got to start with the givens. You know, what's your DNA like? What's your genetics like? What's your geography? Where are you from? What, you know, if you, you're not going to be a very good uh, figure skater if you live in Murray, Utah. It is, we live in a high desert. It's, there's not a lot of ice rings here. We have them, obviously. So you have to, you have to look at the givens. If you want to do the 10,000 swing challenge, please don't email me and say, all I've got is, a, all I've got is dumbbells. Well, it's a kettlebell challenge. Right. If you want to do my big 21 program, you don't have a barbell. Well, it's an Olympic lifting program. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I do it for squats and deadlifts? Well, you can do anything you want. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. I frankly don't care, but it's not been designed for that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's strange to go through all that and 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 to let you know that the the beauty of a good education is that it in a I grew up in the great books tradition, so we we had to defend everything we said. We had to, hey, first we had to read the damn book. You got to read the damn book, yeah. uh, and then uh, from Patton, you know, uh, you have to read the book. You have to you have to answer questions more than just you know well, who was Sally's brother. You got to be able to go much deeper than that, and then from there you begin to piece together in a logical geometric way where you head from this Uh, one of my favorite assignments as a child we had to read robinson crusoe and swiss family robinson and you had to come up with a list of the five people you would take on a deserted island with you and i think it was like i mean i I don't remember but let's just say 10 things you're allowed 10 things and five people well of course everyone wants to bring their mom and i love my mom but she didn't have any survival skills uh, well, I mean, life survival she did, but she didn't have like, you know. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going to bring uh, a gardener, uh, you know, uh, you know, somebody who can find water, you know. Right. Uh, got a couple other ideas, but we'll save them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what tools you're going to bring? Well, I'm going to bring a, an electric drill. Oh, good. Where are you going to power that up? You know, you just, it's right. kind of fun because it makes you think. And that's, and then, so my background in theology has made me think a certain way that I think is much clearer than what I read a lot when I go online. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be searching for, uh, you know, the givens, I guess, so to speak, right? Like, you know, what, what can I count on in this situation, you know, based on what I know, um, you know, the scientific uh, theories and, uh, you know, things have become. Well, and here's the thing too, uh, and, and I wouldn't want this to go too far, but you know, I don't always trust the scientific thing. I don't always trust the science. Right. And, and, and there's good reasons. Uh, you know, you look, you look at the studies themselves and they're just a mishmash of nonsense. Sometimes who cares in a population? I think we're at a planet has 8 billion of us. Now you studied nine people. And then you say that one set of eight is better than three sets of eight. Okay. You could say that, but you know, Delorme studied 17,000 people before he started to make his assumptions. 17,000 wounded soldiers before he started to say, okay, this is too much. We got to cut back. And then he said, this is too much. We got to cut back. And the genius of Delorme, he then said, this is too much. Let's cut back even more. And that's where the Delorme method is why it's so brilliant is because he had a lot of people. He had a chance to, you know, it wasn't this one-off gym and some, crap hole 
part of the country. Uh, what is a, yeah, I, I got I'm not going to quote that guy, but you know, the, I, I, I loathe it when, you know, people say, well, this worked in my gym. Well, good for you. Right. Gyms <laughs> are self-selecting, you know? Yeah. 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 You know? Not much it's, of a study. Yeah. Not much I mean, of a study with a, a very uh, biased population and, yeah. uh, you know, right. Um, yeah. So you mentioned five people that uh, you take with you on the island, the desert island. What are five books that everyone should read? You're a learned man. <laughs> Just five. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I would say this. Well, personally, I mean, I'd say The Sword and the Stone because that book uh, right there, because that book had such a huge influence on me. Um, I want to ask you how The Sword and the Stone had such an influence on you. It's a book about learning. And see, that's why I also like the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, the book changes when he starts to become a learner. Uh -huh. uh, some of the best quotes of The Sword and the Stone, T.H. White's great book, is about learning. When things go wrong, learn something. When when you're down in the dumps, learn something. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's staring me in the face. So let's go. Aesop's Fables. Uh, he They would have put him to death if he if they knew he was talking about all the people in charge. <laughs> right but actually read aesop's fables don't just watch the bullwinkle and rocky editions though they're nothing wrong with those those are those are quite good uh i'm gonna throw i'm gonna cheat a little bit and make uh because it's so foundational there's okay so we're gonna do it in, we're gonna do it in waves okay so aesop the epic of gilgamesh the iliad and the odyssey we're making that one book ha <laughs> I, I, I would say genesis for sure in the fifth book in that kind of stripe. Oh, Beowulf. What was I thinking? Beowulf. Okay. So yeah. you got those five. That is what it means to be somebody from the Western civilization. That's what it means to be a person of Western culture. Those yeah. are the foundational books. Um, you are expected at times to act a certain way. And when you don't, things happen. But it doesn't mean it's over. You can still fix it. Mm -hmm. That is the Western tradition. You, you are a gifted per person, Travis. You do stupid things. We're going to give you another chance to fix it. You did something even stupider. We'll give you another chance to fix it. And ultimately in history, we look at, back at you as a great person, not because you did great things, because, but because you did stupid things and overcame them. <laughs> um, modern books, The Sword in the Stone, The Godfather. Um, I, I, and some people don't, Puzo did not like The Godfather, but I think I think it's an absolute epic, and I think it's well worth your time. Sword in the Stone, The Godfather, Dune, the mm -hmm. original, not the other crap books after it. Oh, they're horrid. Uh, there's a book called Skippy Dies that I'm probably the only person who would recommend that to you. And then um, that's tough. Uh, a modern book that will get you through. I don't want to be too esoteric or anything, but a modern book. Oh, the comedy classic, The Road laugh fest yeah well wow. the road no no i haven't no I haven't. when i when i anyone who's who's listening who hears me say it's a comedy is going to get the joke it is it is probably the it, it it i feel personally that 200 years from now dune the road sword in the stone godfather will still be around i still think those books will be around yeah uh, I mean, I, I certainly love, you know, The World According to Garp and a lot of other books, but those books to me were that the more that epic that'll stick around ish kind of books. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's always great when uh, somebody's such an influencer and impacts so many to hear about uh, the resources that have impacted yeah. that person. Oh, hang, hang on, one last one now. If in the field I'm in, uh, J.K. Doherty's Track and Field Omni book, I just showed you that book a few minutes ago, Tommy Kono's Weightlifting American Style, John Jesse's The Encyclopedia of Wrestling Conditioning, I think I got it right this time finally, Oh, yeah, this book here, uh, this for nutrition, uh, Just Eat by this guy, Estabrook. And then I would say Phil Maffetone's In Fitness and in Health. Everybody's an athlete. To me, when you, if you read those, if you look at those five books, you'll figure out there's nothing new under the sun, uh, that it is possible to get all your dreams come true with an intelligent foundational training program. And if you're not an idiot, you'll be fine nutritionally too. Just eat. <laughs> Just eat. Isn't that a great title of the book? Just eat. Yeah, that is good. So good. So Dan, how can people get uh, more of you? Like what's the best way? Where Where are you uh, sharing the most information these days? Shoot, I was hoping you'd say to me, how did they get a hold of you? And the joke is usually right around the waistline. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've got two sites. Uh, one is free, massive amount of information, danjohn.net. And uh, there's thousands of pages of free information there. Help yourself. Uh, do me the courtesy that if you do share it online, try not to pretend you wrote it. Everybody knows my writing style. That stupid place called what bodybuilding.com. They stole a whole bunch of my articles and posted them. Oh. And the guy goes, how do you prove it? Well, one of them said something along, basically, I said, you're going to have to find somebody who threw the discus for Utah State University who had been married seven days on May 21st, 1998. Uh, 1988. Uh, so find that discus thrower for Utah State who threw in the meat on May 21st, 1988. Okay, just, and they finally sent back, sorry, should we send you money? I'm like, yeah, send me money. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they didn't, so it worked out great because they're all a bunch of thieves. So that works out nicely. <laughs> uh, and then my big site is danjohnuniversity.com. Um, if you want to share that, do you want to share that little code I gave you? At, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. If you type in all caps perform better, you get a huge discount. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I know it's a discount. <laughs> perform better, one word, all caps, but uh, that has the workout generator, which is probably all most of you ever need for your workouts you're going to type in what equipment you're going to type in you're going to press a button how what equipment you have you just press little buttons how many days a week you press a button how many hours do you want to work out you press a button how hard do you want to be do you want to get hard to press a button then you press another button and then it gives you a workout and then you look at the workout and you can scroll up and down the exercise choices to make them more change levels or change in intensity and and they do this on the university site or yeah yeah i uh when i was in perform better with you uh i a couple of people asked me about it we sat down we opened it up and several of them like why didn't someone tell me this and i'm like do i need to call you every hi yeah we're having a an election coming up you want to vote yeah hi there's christmas coming you, know, you got you got to do a little work on your own sometimes danjohnuniversity.com Type in perform better, all caps, uh, no space, and you'll get a discount. That's awesome. Dan, thank you for being so generous with your time. Yeah, and I apologize for being tardy. Uh, gentle listeners, some of us have lives and things happen at times. So. 
Hey, we totally understand. And I appreciate your time today. Thank and, you. And we'll talk soon, I hope, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would appreciate that. Thank you. And right. uh, I will overcome. <laughs> That's right. You're an overcomer for sure. That's right, my friend. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com.